Namaste Jai Hind you're watching or listening to ANI podcast with Smita Prakash My guest today is the Minister for Petroleum and Natural Gas Hardeep Puri He also holds the portfolio of Housing and Urban Affairs Hardeep Singh Puri was a career diplomat who after superannuation joined politics the BJP and Mr Modi's cabinet He's a member of the upper house of parliament. So our conversation today will be on oil imports, on the issue of Canada-India ties with regard to the Khalistan separatist movement, on smart cities as he is the longest serving housing and urban affairs minister in India. What he has to say about criticism of the Central Vista project. So let's get cracking. So thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Um you just back uh, from a visit abroad in which you urged the uh, OPEC countries the organization of the petroleum exporting countries to show sensitivity to oil consuming countries and uh, you said that uh, they shouldn't curb uh, they shouldn't put they should curb uh, output cuts. So uh, what has been the response to that uh, request of yours? The conversation I had yesterday at adipack and the day before uh should be seen in a context mm-hmm. what has happened smita ji is that prices have gone up by something like 37% in the last few months in 3 months alone now it would be wrong for me to say that i make a strong statement and i urge them to um, show sensitivity and as you say ensure that voluntary cuts are not effected uh and the market drops well since i made the statement the market has dropped uh, $5 but that's not because of what i said mm. i think the context is that there is a overall sense of anxiety in global markets as i said in one of my interviews which is perhaps still not been aired mm. uh, half the world is in recession mm. and the other half is flirting with recession mm. in other words if you measure recession in terms of quarter on quarter growth then half the world is actually in recession and the other half doesn't know whether it's going to be a get a better next quarter or a slightly worse next quarter but more than that i think there are credible reports that 100 million people have been put back into abject poverty hmm. in the context of petrol and diesel prices in other words because prices have gone very high a lot of people have had to fall back on the use of um, cooking medium such as wet wood coal etc now that's not a very happy situation now clearly no one as in in the consuming countries or the producing countries will doubt the fact that there has been perhaps less investment in the traditional oil and gas um, uh, petrol um, uh, oil oil fields as there should be no one's doubting that because there was talk about green transitioning it's happening do but you have to survive the present Right. So the point I was making is that stable markets, which are conducive to both producers and consumers, mm. because it is a given that if the production cost is not controlled, and it's there's no shortage of oil. By the way, it's not as if there was a shortage of oil. I would say that no, there was a hundred and two, hundred and two, one hundred and two million barrels a day were being produced. Suddenly, five million barrels have been taken off the market. Hmm. Now once that happens if you talk to OPEC they will happily turn around and say we don't deal with prices so to which any person's response is that if you don't deal with prices you deal with the amount of crude oil you're releasing in the market 
and if you curb the uh, amount of oil hence you deal it, with prices it, it, it will it will hence absolutely it will result in prices rising sure. sure i am not concerned about india alone i think look you have a prime minister we have a prime minister who at the height of the chaos in the market we were able we were the only country in the world where the price of petrol at the bank came down by 5 rupee percent for petrol diesel also came down by 0.2% why because he was able to navigate the way through a cut in central excise duty on two occasions november 21 and may 22 and the bjp rule states were able to uh, reduce their vat so we have a peculiar situation one state in the east of india petrol is 11 rupees 80 paise more expensive than in the rest of india in the bjp states but my submission to opec hmm. first my secretary the secretary in my ministry wrote to the opec secretary general who's a very thorough professional who also understands it and we put it down on paper then i used my meeting with him and then my other meetings with the ministers with the companies etc to drive home the point it's not an india specific because i look if you are an oil producer it's your sovereign right to decide whether you want to extract the oil you want to sell it how much you want to sell but on the other hand any decision that you take is not without the hmm. law of consequences both intended and unintended hmm. and therefore that is the context and i believe um, uh, modi ji's india today is also listened to in this context not only because we are a major consumer i mean if india cuts um, its uh, uh, consumption or reduces um, imports there will be very severe uh, consequences so what was the formula did you sign some secret oil bonds which we'll get to know a couple of years no, from no, now no no we we don't sign any secret oil bonds all oil diplomacy is conducted absolutely in, in the open in in a very transparent manner and what we do is that um, i think whether it's the private sector companies or the public sector omcs they make it absolutely clear that they will float tenders and they will buy oil for delivery at the port of embarkation so on that there's no issue but um, my point again is that the throughout the several interviews i gave i said you will be going into organized chaos if you're not sensitive hmm. uh, to the concerns of the consuming countries and quite apart from some countries uh, you know slipping into abject poverty even countries like india we we are doing very well modi's india today uh, you know i'm not only talking about the g20 but uh, you know the fact that you are the fifth largest economy on the way to becoming one of the top 3 economies in the world and you know you're on the moon all over the moon it's a very high uh, uh, feel good factor about india which resonates in international uh, mm-hmm. meetings and settings right uh, you know you were talking about the economic recession in this um, you did give an interview to bloomberg T- uh, tv in which you said that increasing crude prices have resulted in 100 million people around the world uh, being taken to abject poverty in the past 18 months according to you what would be a reasonable price band if you ask me as an individual as the minister line minister of a country which is still dependent on 85% for imports, its imports huh? i should give you a uh, a very low figure because that would be mm. ideal mm. but you know i'm a realist Real, yeah. i'm i'm a, a realist i, I expect uh, the producing countries also to be uh, compensated for um, their production and for their resource many of them have uh, already undertaken development projects and other um, major projects for which they need to be paid so i think a reasonable price is something between in the current context it should be lower but you know something between uh, 70 and 80 something like 75 or something yes. and that would give the producing countries enough of a return 
and would also not place, um, I would say, uh, unmanageable uh, strain on the consuming countries. So you you just back from Dubai. Did was there significant blowback regarding Russian oil import of Russian oil? No, frankly, I tell you, it's not just Russia. Hmm. The production cuts have not just come from Russia. Production cuts cuts have also come from one of the other major producers. No, I'm talking about the imports from Russia. About India importing. India importing. No, no that's not even a talking point. It's not. No, it cannot be. I... No, it cannot be a talking point for the simple reason. Let me, uh, Smita ji, give you the basics on this. Russia produces, if I'm not mistaken, something like 11 million barrels per day. Hmm. They consume about 4 million barrels. They have to sell the 7. Whom do they sell the 7 million barrels to? Countries like China, India. and other. If India stops buying uh, Russian oil, then we'll have to start buying Middle Eastern oil. The price will go above $200, $250 in that case. That is the issue. Hmm. So we have to be extremely careful. Yes, the West, in conversations with us, off the record and, you know, what you say, they say, please buy Russian oil, but buy it cheap, buy it within the price cap. And we are buying Russian oil within the price cap. Is that G7 price cap working at all? Or even not just the price cap, the, the, because, you know, we, we have, what, 1.57 million barrels per day in September, the PSUs, as compared to 1.44 uh, in August. This I'm giving you the September numbers. So it's not as if... Uh, the cap is working, the G7 cap? No, it's cap. the cap is not, the quantity has nothing to do with the quantity, cap. Quantity, okay. Quantity has nothing to do with that. If you use as your starting point that India will buy wherever it can get the oil cheapest from. Hmm. If tomorrow Iraq sells me the oil cheaper or the UAE sells me the oil cheaper, I'll buy from them. Hmm. You see, there are some kinds of oil which your refineries cannot take hmm. because it may be not suited for your refinery. Um, and not everybody can use Russian oil. But I would say that this figure used to be less than 0.2% when the Russia-Ukraine war started. I'm talking about February 2022. Hmm. 0.2%. But then they came on the market, they reduced their prices, gave us discounts. We bought more. If the discounts decreased, our quantity also decreased. Look, we are not... We have no problems in buying. There's no sanction on Russian oil per se. Hmm. There is a price cap which says you should buy price within a particular price cap. Then there come problems on differentials on uh, freight, etc. We are very clear. I have made it clear that A, you will not buy oil from a country which is sanctioned. That's it. Uh, and there are two countries involved. We are, we are talking to them. Uh, one country, the United States has made some exemptions. We have some money locked up there. It's in Latin America I'm talking about. All right, we are hoping that those things will lift and we can get our money back or get oil in return for that, cargoes. Another country closer home, they have 45 million barrels on the platforms ready to sell. But till they have sanctions on them, we cannot buy. You see, because we're not only rule abiding domestically, but also when it comes to our international transaction. Insofar as Russian oil is concerned, I see that figure will go up or down depending on overall avail availability. Now, for instance, if you have, let's say, I'll give you an example. If you have a discount of $10, and the $10, let's say the international price is X. $10 on that international price will make sense. Hmm. But if, on the other hand, you've got to get the oil from the Arctic, for instance, and it's a winter and there are cost and insurance rate go up, the economics may not work out. Right. But I have no doubt about the fact that, look, we've been buying 5 million barrels a day from four or five suppliers, each one of which has been selling us 800,000 barrels a day. Okay. It goes up, it goes down. Some of these countries charge a premium 
because they say, you know, we want to maintain the um, uh, equivalence with supplies to Europe. Well, if oil becomes expensive, we buy from elsewhere. Hmm. It's a simple uh, uh, thing. What, what there are new, the there are, see, by the way, we were buying from 27 countries in the world. Today, we buy from 39 countries. Hmm. Diversification. Diversification. Right. Um, what about the controversy about uh, us buying Russian oil in Chinese currency? No, there's one, there was one consignment somewhere. I'm not again. I mean, I mean, I don't even know what it is. All somebody also asked me the other day, but you are buying in Indian rupees. I said, I hope I buy more in Indian rupees. That's so, not really working, is it? No, not working. It's hmm. it's got off to a start, hmm. and it's a start on a small this thing. I think it's only ten percent or something, mm -hmm. a million barrels. I don't even remember that. It was right. with the UAE, but we have yeah. a payments arrangement with the UAE. Yeah. But look, let's make no mistakes. As India grows economically, we are hungry for oil. No, number one, and we're also we're going to be one of the top three economies in the world. There will be more rupee payments done. We will accept the rupee acceptable in other countries for payments. I'm not just talking about oil. But the more important thing is that if anybody is saying, I mean, one of your um, uh, counterparts in an international channel asked me, uh, do you see the de-dollarization of uh, yeah. payments? I said, come on. I mean, you know. It may be wishful thinking by on someone's behalf, but I don't see any de-dollarization taking place because, you know, one payment made in the UAE in, uh, you know, 10% uh, in rupees is very good. I mean, I'm a proud Indian. I see more India. I'd like Indian rupees to be used elsewhere, uh, everywhere if possible. But right. that will take time. You know, at a seminar, uh, you said, and I quote, global supply chains are realigning. India is emerging as an alternative supply source, given its raw material, low labor costs, growing manufacturing know-how and entrepreneurial ability. You also said that India wants to increase its share of manufacturing and said that India wants to increase uh, it, it, the manufacturing in the... Um, from 17% GDP to 25%. Absolutely. Uh, how do you see that happening? Because in the past few decades, this sector has been underperforming as compared to, say, a Korea or a China, the manufacturing sector. I think, I think Smita ji, you hit the nail right on the head. Not only in the last few decades, but what, let's take a snapshot picture of the economy hmm. a few decades ago. Hmm. What was happening? Bulk of your population lives in rural areas and yet... What was and what is the share of agriculture towards your overall GDP? Now, clearly, if your agricultural um, incomes are not in a position to sustain large segments of your population living in rural areas, what will they do? They will obviously migrate to uh, uh, semi-rural, semi-urban and urban areas. Equally, manufacturing. You can blame if you like, as the Americans often do, and perhaps rightly so, you could blame the uh, Uruguay round of multilateral trade negotiations, the readmission of China into the uh, World Trade Organization, and the fact that, and there's an interesting story I want to tell you, mm -hmm. and that, you know, all manufacturing in a way got outsourced to China, and the rest of the world became importers of Chinese products. Now, I'll just give you a little context. When I was a a civil servant, I was on a UN-funded uh, uh, project on technical assistance for our trade negotiators. I was based in Geneva. It was a UNDP-funded project, but it was based in Geneva, and I think it was uh, in UNCTAD, United mm. Nations mm. Conference on Trade and Development. If I remember correctly, you also came on a VVIP visit a, yes. when, when I was there. When you were there, yes. Yeah. Now, I just said two things to you. Hmm. 
when there was a working party during that period established to deal with issues relating to China's readmission to the it was then the GATT mm -hmm. when it the yeah. negotiations completed it became the world trade organization and china joined mm. resumed its membership it was a, actually a member of the original mm. um, gat also everyone as in everyone was salivating at the prospects of a large market becoming available to their manufactured products mm. okay i was one of the few people who then said Hey, wait a minute. I mean, I'm I'm a student of the counter narrative. Whenever you sell me something, I always think it's ka ulta kya ho sakta hai. What could be true? And I said, just imagine what happens instead of the that large market becoming open to your manufactured products. What happens if that large market becomes a manufacturer? Becomes a manufacturer sure. and unleashes its products onto your market. But it was not even that. Uh, uh, Distance which had to be travelled. This was probably 15 years ago. Yeah, I'll tell you. In 86, the Uruguay yeah. round was launched. 86, 91 or so, it was concluded. Yeah. At whenever. No, this this thing about uh, you know ultra search. No, no, exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. I've, I've been doing it all the, all the time. I have a book <laughs> on it. In fact, uh, no, no. Let me come to a very simple thing. Hmm. You didn't even need to do that transmission. All American companies set hmm. up shop in China itself. Yeah. Hoping to. Hoping to utilize that large market, all right? That large market also grew, but because you know, when the China resumed its membership of the world trading system, it was still a very uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. the incomes are not very high. Mm. So those American companies which was established there started exporting back to uh, yeah. there because China suddenly became eligible for the free trade rules that were there. It became eligible for the. Uh, extension of the MFN, the most favored nation principle, etc. And what happened? Dunya bhar mein manufacturing jo gir gayi. I mean, if you look at Trump's um, victory yeah. last time, uh, I have a book on that because he won in the Rust Belt because they said manufacturing had gone away either yeah. because of the North American free trade agreement to Mexico or to wherever, or because of the Uruguay round uh, to the Chinese, etc. Today, under Mr. Modi. You've taken a few very bold steps. Hmm. One is your agriculture sector. You're looking at closely. Otherwise, what is happening? The bulk of your agricultural GDP was coming from services. Hmm. Now, services. Not to, I mean, it's very important to have yeah. uh, cutting-edge services as we do, and we are very proud of it. But your brick-and-mortar industry, if it's not there, so yeah. two things have happened. The kind of capital expenditure you have, which will produce jobs in the manufacturing sector. 10 lakh crores now you know every every few years we double the income if you look at the infrastructure being built all around mm -hmm. i mean um, i'll give you a small statistic the entire cumulative expenditure on all the urban schemes of the previous government that is from 2004 to 14 mm -hmm. was 1,557,000 crores mm -hmm. 10 years in modi ji's tenure Of nine years, where the schemes really started in June 2015, which means eight years, that one lakh fifty-seven thousand crores has become eighteen lakh crores. See, see the multiplier there. So, in every case, capital expenditure has gone up, manufacturing has gone up, manufacturing is going up. I mean, you didn't today. You're not only making these iPhones; you're exporting them in a big way. Today, you become a major automobile manufacturer. And let me come to you: urban transport, metro lines. they barely started when vajpayee ji was prime minister 
today madam you have 870 kilometers of functional metro line another 960 coming up within a very short period of time we will be the second largest metro system in the world metro system meaning running metro train you have china then you have india we have overtaken the us which has about 1500 kilometers of metro but it's saturated there i don't see the americans producing more metro line we'll be past uh, korea and japan which are ahead of us now civil aviation your metro, earlier portfolio yeah, look look at it i mean if we had not privatized air india in time the civil aviation market would have sunk today indigo is ordering planes left right and center air india has placed an order our airports are being constructed with great speed 74 in 2014 and what another 74 now you have 148 jaiwar is coming up next to uttar pradesh uttar pradesh they are going to start doing trial runs i think by february of next year and you will have what today i was reading paper they've already decided 65 or 70 flights hmm. you know the number of flights in indira gandhi international airport and jaiwar put together will be more flights than in london heathrow gatwick and stansted put together hmm. so its economy is growing and within that economy is growing the manufacturing sector is growing so when i talked about i think what 17 to 25% yeah. that was the context right. but before we talk about the central vista project uh, i'd like a short primer to be played uh, this is for our overseas uh, viewers and listeners who may not know anything about the central vista project This is in the center of New Delhi. It's a 3.2 kilometer stretch where several government-owned buildings are being redesigned and reconstructed. The Central Vista houses the President's House, Rashtrapati Bhavan, the Parliament Building, the North and South Blocks, which has offices of several ministers and chiefs of armed forces. the national archives the rajpath now named kartavyapath and others the 6 year long project which is currently on is expected to cost around 2 billion us dollars let's get into this the central vista project it's one praise and criticism from various quarters i am not aware of any criticism other from uh, chaps who are green with envy you know jairam and uh, yeah. jawahar sarkar but don't take them seriously no because they say that it's so garish it's over the budget over the which which budget now i want to know which but you know yeah. but they were once giving the cost of the um, parliament construction uh, which is not even the cost of the whole central vista put together that is kartavya path eight government buildings vice presidents you know the whole whole system so the, don't don't take them seriously they say one thing in the morning and another thing in the afternoon that's that's what i call motivated illiterate political opposition illiterate please um, underline that word but what they are saying and is that uh, the bjp wants to erase every bit about what the earlier government madam there's nothing erasion all those old buildings are going to remain that the previous pull down so many of them we are right? not pulling a single building down no single historical building you are talking here about the governance architecture which was conceptualized in 1916 hmm. construction began in 1922 and was completed in 1927 not one of those buildings is coming down that's part of your historical cultural colonial legacy the archives building the no 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 these are no no not not the old not the old building nothing is coming down okay. what is happening some of this garish rubbish which was built in the 60s or 70s like shastri, shastri bhavan. bhavan i would invite you there i started my uh, career in the external affairs ministry after my first posting i was officer on special duty press relation that's when i had the privilege of meeting your father and your father in law and developed friendships with them you know it's 
I'll tell you a story. Your office was in one end of the corridor and the other let, let side me, was let, the prison. Let, let me explain yeah. to you. There was a magazine, not a magazine, a, I don't know, a weekly or a fortnightly in London called The Spectator. Yeah, of course. It had a very famous... Um, Cartoon. A f- famous editor called Alexander Chancellor. Okay. If I remember his name mm. correctly. Moraji Bhai was the Prime Minister. Mm. And... Um, we had in the XP division then, I'm sure they have now, we had a uh, visiting journalist program hmm. where the division, thanks to the recommendations made by our high commissioners and ambassadors, would draw up a list of distinguished or well-known uh, journalists whom they would invite on a tour of India for a week, 10 days or 15 days. So I was a very new uh, OSDPR. I had just come in um, from Tokyo, which was our first posting. And I had the privilege of receiving Mr. Alexander Chancellor. Mm-hmm. He asked for an interview with Murarji Bhai and I took him to Murarji. And, um, you know, the UK was subjecting uh, young Indian girls to what was then called the virginity test. Okay. Mm. So, he's a foreign journalist. Um, I didn't, I was a young um, uh, undersecretary level person pompously designated as OSD Press Relations. I took him, interview went reasonably well, hmm. except at one point he asked him, and Mr. Prime Minister, what are your views on the virginity test? <laughs> Morarji gave an answer which I thought was brilliant, but it could not, should not have come from the mouth of a Prime Minister. Hmm. Huh? But he, he gave the answer, and I, I'm willing to share it with you yeah, now. Tell us, tell us what he said. He's Morarji with a deadpan face, face glowing for whatever reason. <laughs> Deadpan face, face glowing, he said, I would be happy to invoke reciprocity. But we know that your women are not virgins at that age. My God, this was a bombshell. I didn't know what hit me. As soon as we came out of Muraji's office, I went and headed straight to the room of the man who was Joint Secretary to the Prime Minister, Prakash Shah, who was a senior colleague Mm -hmm. in the Foreign Service. I said, sir, this is what has happened. He said, but didn't you brief the journalist? I said, what do you mean? I had no idea he was going to ask about that. Mm. I said, no, I didn't. He said, how much, uh, how well do you know him? I said, I know him very well. I mean, I had lunch with him, dinner. He said, tell him not to use it. I kept quiet. On the way back, I think he was staying in Claridge's Hotel or what? I don't even remember. I told him, I have a request. He said, tell me. I said, look, the interview was brilliant, but don't use that part. Mm. And I must say, he was a gentleman. He did. He was a gentleman. He said, I won't. Because I'm on your hospitality and I realize mm. the Prime Minister perhaps didn't mean it in that way. Mm. But, you know, a journalist is a journalist. Then, when he wrote his piece, he didn't name me. But he said something which has always stuck in my mind till I became Housing and Urban Affairs Minister. He said, I had a very bright Indian Foreign Service officer, I can't name him, who swore me to secrecy on one part of the interview. All I will do to identify him to say that his office was next to a stinking urinal. Oh, that is your Shastri, Shastri Bhavan. Bhavan in 1978. Yes, now, true. now look, I, I'm in Shastri Bhavan now and a housing minister. I'm probably one of the cleaner parts of Shastri Bhavan. But do you think Shastri Bhavan, when it's pulled down, are any of you in the distinguished members of the fourth estate or anyone else going to shed a tear because no. Shastri Bhavan going to... Not Shastri. Or for that matter, Nirman Bhavan. So listen, yeah. let's be clear. All these... Semi-literates who are criticizing us. I'm yeah. using the word not to apply to anyone. Because you know, if they ask me, you call me a semi-literate. I said, no, I didn't take any names. If you think it fits you, you react. <laughs> I'm being mischievous. <laughs> Look, Delhi 
you look at how beautiful that parliament there's a civilizational sweep there hmm. i'll send you you know some of these guys have criticized no no there's too much money has been spent it should have been spent on covid are bhai did we at any stage suggest that because a new parliament is coming covid vaccines will not come are hmm. 220 crore modi ji ne vaccine bhi मुफत बना के डिस्ट्रीब्यूट करवा दी बनवा के मुफत डिस्ट्रीब्यूट करवा दी 80 करोड़ लोगों को दिन का तीन समय का खाना भी खिलवा दिया and then mm-hmm. you go on making uh, little changes here and there look is one of the most cost effective projects and done in record time is it going to be uh, is it going to meet the deadline 2026 or something all the projects get over no no much before that much no before no 2026 that. is the delimitation first of all i I'm, i'm going to i'm not sharing a secret with you you could not have continued in the current parliament beyond 2026 Hmm. This is the same argument I make when it comes to the women's reservation bill, or it comes to anything else. For a simple reason, I'll tell you why. Because the number of MPs that you are going to have, based on the census of 21, which will now hopefully get completed, got delayed due, due to the COVID, and the delimitation, the number will go up from the current 540 plus to God knows 760. So the seating, you, but there is not what, enough place. What about the other buildings that are coming up? Out there, they'll all be done in 100%. within budget. They're not going to go no, ahead. No, 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 I don't. I mean, I can yeah, never. All sarkari projects go over no, budget. No, not not Modi ji sarkar. Both in time and cost overrun. No, do you normally do it less than that? Less than okay. Yeah, yeah. And the time because Arre, I know. Twenty-two months. I have made it. Because you are also in the same city where I am. Where I am. This Rautolarama flyover. Twenty-five years. One flyover. No, that Rautolarama's the charge was Delhi government. We didn't have it. बड़ी सरकार आए गए देवशीला दीक्षित गवर्नमेंट नो नो इन मोदी जी गवर्नमेंट शिलान्यास किसी अगर प्रोजेक्ट का होता तो उद्घाटन भी हो जाता उस उन्हीं के समय प्रधानमंत्री आते हैं उसके बाद वन सेट ऑफ रोड के लिए आते हैं Then who would you like to tell me, Mahua Moitra? No, what is what is exactly are you? I mean, look, let's be clear. Somebody's got the capacity to conceptualize and do that. मैं आपको एक बात बता रहा हूँ एक चीज कोई नोट नहीं करा जो माने प्रधानमंत्री जी ने पीछे कहा है ना कॉन्फ्रेंस टूरिज्म के मैं कल एडिपेक होके आया कल लौटा मैं रात को डेढ़ दिन था वहाँ पे जो ये भारत मंडपम बनाया और यशोभूमि बने हैं they yeah. are world class conference i just i'm i'm why am i talking about one of them because i just attended uh, addressed a meeting of the capacity building commission today on housing mm-hmm. and urban affairs this morning it's a world class facility i mean you go to the parliament also abhi to you see abhi problem kya hai ki aap wo chote se parliament mein restricted the wo koi kehta ki toilets do you know that there were no ladies toilets in the yeah. previous parliament do you know mujhe kisi ne pucha ab main टूडे 
you go in there, you have that feeling of elation. Mm -hmm. Plus, look at the civilizational sweep, the culture and everything. So, this is the same thing. This is one of these uh, gentlemen, those are article in Hindu. Mein. We need a new parliament. How long can we go on this? My senior colleague in the Foreign Service, when she was, um, who became a speaker, she uh, uh, told her secretary to write to the secretary in the Urban Development Ministry, Ki please build a new parliament. So they are on record. Hmm. Then, so they will look for this thing. So that's, I don't think exactly. that's serious. They are not even serious about it. Okay. What they say to me personally is very different from what they say outside. Yeah. Um let me come to this. You were talking about uh, an incident which happened when you were a career diplomat. So let me get to uh, diplomacy. You know, uh, with the United Nations, you worked in various capacities out there. Do you think that today, in 2023, uh, the UN can can in any way be representative? Is it in any way representative? Can it become more representative? Over? Can it become more representative? Because of the North-South divide, the East-West Smitha, it's not issues. the North-South divide is not so much. There are two things. That design, that model, mm. was conceptualized in 1945 when the Second World War was on. That model is held since 1945. I don't think even the mm. founding fathers of that model thought that it would last that long. Mm. There is a provision within the charter of a conference of parties to be called and a new thing to be done. But you know, there is a saying in the UN, um, which is very well known, that nothing changes unless there's a crisis. Have you reached that point of crisis today? I would think yes. Hmm. And I'll explain to you why I th think yeah. we've reached it. Uh, will in India benefit? My submission to you is India will benefit with whatever happens. Today, the UN and the Security Council need India. There are very few countries in the world today that have the lifting power of India. Lifting power. Lifting power is, this. I'm telling you very frankly, I read somewhere in a, in a, you know, ANI report or something that, you know, there's been a massive earthquake in Turkey. Before I knew what had happened, the Prime Minister had called somebody in Delhi to send relief. India literally lifted yeah. tons of relief, literally went in there, lifted people out of the debris. That is India. And it's happening all along. If people are stranded in, uh, as a result of the uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict, 28,000 Indian students, you brought back not just Indian students, you brought back American students. Yeah, tell me about that experience because we saw you were very active. No, no, I'll tell time. you, it's very simple. I got a call, I was somewhere, I think in Assam, uh, mm. attending a meeting, Gati Shakti meeting, and I got a call from at night on my phone. It says no, no, no number, yeah, well, no, mm. unknown or something. Uh, I normally know, don't pick up phones if I don't know the number, but some instinct told me that 9.30, 10 at night, ye, no unknown number, and it persisted. I, yes, somebody on the line ki Manir Pradhan Mantri ji baat karenge. And you know, he is uh, direct to the point, no questions of whatever. Uh, he basically said that he had decided to send uh, uh, some of us, some of his, um, from the council ministers to, uh, for the uh, evacuation of students stranded in Hungary. It was, I think, less than a minute and a half the phone call. And next day, the whole plan was unveiled. I was sent to Hungary. Look, the important thing is not that he mounted a, refu uh, a rescue effort. The important thing is that he had the clout and the outreach to both the disputants or the warring factions, President Putin and Zelensky. And at one stage, 
He called both of them saying that I need a cessation of hostilities for a certain number of hours so that we could move the students out. How many other world leaders can do that? So today, in today's multilateral trading system, the world is deeply divided. We all know that. Hmm. But listen, he, despite the world being deeply divided, despite all of you, I'm sorry, I'm not mentioning yeah. you, uh, uh, no, uh, I get that. Smita, but all the journalists saying, hopeless task, square brackets, no text will be agreed. Will there be a New Delhi declaration? I was one of the few people, maybe because of my friendship with uh, Amitabh and the others, etc. I knew hmm. I was 100% sure you will get a declaration. The G20. G20. Huh. And... I remember the Sue Sherpa calling me late in the evening. These are people who have worked with me. Sir, there is tension. I said, And he told me, I said, Kal char tha, ho Because when a good effort is made, hmm. when a sincere effort is made, when the world knows that the man has put his hmm. everything into it, then you can play the unifier in a deeply divided. Now, I'm going to conclude by just one thing. Hmm. Look, the UN today has something called the Security Council. Hmm. The Security Council's importance lies in the fact that it is the only designated agency in the world which has the authority and the power to make a determination on whether there is a threat to peace and security. Hmm. Because if the Security Council decides that there is a threat to peace and security, Security Council can authorize countermeasures. In other words, use of whatever means necessary, which means you can use force against that. Today, there are hundreds of conflicts taking place in the world. Ask yourself one question. Has any one of them gone to the Security Council and got authorization for uh, use of force there? No. Security Council is paralyzed. Because if two members of the Security Council are disputants, Security Council is paralyzed. It's in, it happened in Libya, Syria, when I was presiding over the Security Council. So the UN is, I shouldn't use strong language on your, this thing, but it is paralyzed. So mm. today... If you need to get something done, you have to look to people like Mr. Modi. Mm -hmm. And it's not, don't, don't go by the successful G20, moon landing, etc. But the new India which is evolving, which is the fifth largest economy, going to be the third largest economy, or in the top three economies, and the rate at which we are going, what I see in the world. Look, you are vying for even higher space. That gives you not credibility. It gives you convening power. So right. the UN needs India. I don't think India needs UN as much. It's a very interesting point. I mean, basically, if India is not at the table, there is no table. And no, I, would, a, I wouldn't go. I'll say they are looking for India on the table. Right. Aja, sunye, jab ye Turkey mein hua, huh. Whatever your views on Turkey are, their proclivity to lean towards yeah, Pakistan, Pakistan or anything else. But koi aankhon ki sharam ki naam ki cheez hoti hai na? Yada ab bol do ki main Pakistan ka hamdardu mein aapse lena. Chodo bhai. Yeah. You're not looking for international um, uh, assistance. There's a world of difference in what is happening in India. I'm telling you. I mean, not I, even one of those delegates, uh, even Turkey, I, I must say, none of those delegates after coming here for G20 stopped by in Islamabad on their way I'm back home. I'll tell you something. I was with the OPEC. There was a lot of heartburn because of that. No, heartburn. I would not have wanted to talk about Pakistan, but you brought it up. Hmm. These are two countries, okay, born from the womb of the same mother. Right. And the other one, Amari Punjabi, I don't know, you're a South Indian married to a Punjabi, so you'll understand this, but 
ਪੰਜਾਬੀ ਮੈਂ ਕੀ ਕਹਿ ਰਿਹਾ ਉਹ ਸ਼ੁਕਰ ਹੈ ਅਸੀਂ ਤੁਹਾਡੇ ਨਾਲ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੁੜੇ ਹੋਏ ਹੂੰ ਨਹੀਂ ਸੀ ਅਸੀਂ ਤੁਹਾਨੂੰ ਵੀ ਚੜਨ ਨਹੀਂ ਦੇਣਾ ਸੀਗਾ ਦੈਟਸ ਅ ਕਾਈਂਡ ਆਫ ਹਿਊਮਰ ਗੋਇੰਗ ਅਰਾਊਂਡ ਔਨ 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 ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨੀ ਚੈਟ ਸ਼ੋਸ ਲੁੱਕ ਪੈਟਰੋਲ ਇਜ਼ ਸੈਲਿੰਗ ਇਨ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਐਟ 338 ਰੁਪੀਸ ਅ ਲੀਟਰ ਯਾ ਓਕੇ ਸਮਬਡੀ ਸੇਜ਼ ਯਾਰ ਉਹ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਕੀ ਕਰੰਸੀ ਬੜੀ ਡਿਵੈਲਿਊ ਹੋ ਗਈ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਹਮਾਰੇ ਜੋ ਮੱਕਾ ਕਾ ਹਮਾਰੇ ਮੇਜ਼ ਕੌਨ ਕਾ ਐਕਸਪੋਰਟਸ ਹੈ ਦੇਲ ਬਿਕਮ ਮੋਰ ਕੰਪੀਟੀਟਿਵ ਔਰ ਮੈਂ ਨੇ ਕਿਹਾ ਯਾਰ ਅਕਲ ਕੀ ਬਾਤ ਕਰੋ ਇਹ ਕੰਟਰੀ ਇਹ 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 ਕਰੰਸੀ ਡਿਵੈਲਿਊਸ਼ਨ ਦੇ ਇੱਕ ਚੀਜ਼ ਹੈ ਕੰਟਰੀ ਡਿਵੈਲਿਊਸ਼ਨ ਵਿਚਾਰੀ ਹੋ ਗਈ ਬੁਰੀ ਹਾਲਤ ਹੈ ਪੀਪਲ ਪੁਟ ਆਫ देयर ਇਲੈਕਟ੍ਰਿਸਿਟੀ ਐਟ 8:00 ਐਂਡ ਵਾਟ ਆਰ ਯੂ ਡੂਇੰਗ ਆਲ ਯੋਰ ਆਫਿਸਸ ਵੇਰਐਵਰ ਆਈ ਗੋ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਕੰਟਰੀ 에ਅਰ ਕੰਡੀਸ਼ਨਿੰਗ ਜ਼ਰਾ ਜ਼ਿਆਦਾ ਹੀ ਹੈ ਮੈਨੇ ਤਾਂ ਓਪੈਕ ਕੋ ਬੋਲਾ ਮੈਨੇ ਓਪੈਕ ਕੋ ਬੋਲਾ ਮੈਨੇ ਕਿਹਾ ਅਗਰ ਮੇਰੀ ਬਾਸ ਚਲੇ ਨਾ ਮੈਂ ਇੱਕ ਦਿਨ ਕਹਿ ਦੂੰ ਆਪਣੇ ਲੋਕੋ ਦਿਨ ਮੈਂ 20% 20% ਆਫ ਟਾਈਮ 에ਅਰ ਕੰਡੀਸ਼ਨਰ ਬੰਦ ਕਰੋ ਮੈਨੇ ਕਿਹਾ ਤੁਹਾਡੀ ਓਪੈਕ ਕੀ ਵੈਸੇ ਸੇਲਸ ਕਮ ਹੋ ਜਾਣਗੇ ਯੂ نو ਵੈਨ ਆਈ ਫਰਸਟ ਵੈਂਟ ਟੂ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਐਂਡ ਆਈ ਸਾਅ ਦੋਸ ਬ੍ਰੋਡ ਰੋਡਸ ਐਂਡ ਆਈ ਸਾਅ ਦ ਗੁੱਡਸ ਔਨ ਦ ਸ਼ੈਲਫਸ ਆਈ ਜਸਟ ਫੈਲਟ ਐਟ ਦੈਟ ਟਾਈਮ ਹਮ ਰਹਿ ਗਏ ਐਂਡ ਦੈਨ ਅ ਫਿਊ ਇਅਰਸ ਆਫਟਰ ਆਈ ਐਮ ਟਾਕਿੰਗ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਦ 90ਸ ਐਂਡ ਦੈਨ ਵੈਨ ਅਬਾਊਟ 10 ਇਅਰਸ ਅਗੋ there was a pakistani journalist who had come to india and uh, he landed in uh, the delhi airport and then he said yaar hum log jab tumhare airport mein pahunchte hain na aur when we see this and when we see this big thing we feel hum reh gaye and it to me it came as a shocker that it's just you know 10 15 years and look at the difference where a pakistani is admitting of course will never write about it even though he is a journalist will never write but it's true that they just feel that hum reh gaye and now with chandrayaan saying aata nahi hai yahan pe aur wo log chand pe pahunch gaye aata and when i'm 84 mein main pehli baar gaya tha karachi mani shankar ayer was there at that time nahi 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 wo shukar hai wo mani had left by then wo partha was there but no no okay. but no but shukar hai mani is the jo but main ek bari alag se bhi gaya tha main un mein kaam karta tha i was on deputation aur main uh ye baat baat ki baat जो मैंने कराची में उस समय देखा और बाद में जब इस्लामाबाद में देखा आई सॉ द फॉल्ट लाइंस आई सॉ द फॉल्ट लाइंस इवन देन यू सी अ डिफरेंट मिक्स ऑफ पॉलिसीज मे प्रोड्यूस स्लाइटली बेटर रिजल्ट्स बट देयर इज समथिंग फंडामेंटली रॉन्ग इफ यू लुक एट द फैक्ट दैट यू डेवलप नॉट ओनली योर डेमोक्रेसी योर ट्रेडिशंस मे बी बिकॉज़ वैशाली वाज ऑन दिस साइड ऑफ प्री पार्टीशन इंडिया यू हैड रिपब्लिक्स इन द 5th 6th सेंचुरी बीसी your indus valley civilization shows they had takshila show. yeah yeah but all i'm saying is different segments that make for the success of a democracy were put in place in india wahan pe nahi tha hmm ab wo fauji corporation thi they were into hair cutting salons they were into real estate they were into all that plots uh, i mean so the, i mean how can that country take off and yeah. today such short sighted policies there is no point saying that we are from the same human stock no we may have been at some stage but what is human stock you take a child and if the child is not nurtured in your family but is nurtured let's say in a in a benign uh, group of um, uh, you know animal farm or somewhere that statistics the characteristics that you de- uh, derive will be from there so when you were in these un uh, postings that you have done us time badi ladaiyan hoti hongi between the indian delegation and the pakistani delegation pakistani delegation did you have these yes sir no yes sir no jab 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 hum tell us some incident no no yeah jab main geneva mein tha to wo munir sahab the munir akram was there Akram-Brothers. and munir akram was a akram brothers a, a, no 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 zameer was all right zameer okay. was all right but munir was a uh he defined his personality 
in confrontational terms even now he's there as pr possibly possibly yeah. but you know pakistan now doesn't uh, yeah. you know doesn't matter but so but in in um, in when i was in new york i came across a man um, whom we used to affectionately call bunter uh, he's a from from a family of very um, famous journalist the don group mm-hmm. and um, he became a friend in the sense he used to say that you know do you know that up till about 1956 the entire pakistani cabinet had indian passports so i used to also regale him i said you know the first um, uh, 26 january parade that took place first or second i don't know first you know who the uh, uh, invitee was and all that very different kind of this thing huh. he was not into the hostility huh. so he was uh, he would love the kima samosa that are placed so much he used to say ke aapko bura to nahi laga main kis din phone karu aapke yahan aur samosa maine kaha jab marzi aaye aap it's a very different experience mm. but i'll tell you something individuals can't make that much of a difference yeah. today the state polity there has chosen to define its personality in a particular way it's going to take a long time plus now the differential is too much i mean mm. i read somewhere mm. about um, uh, in what they call um, uh, you know we call it pakistan occupied kashmir which is what it is the kind of stuff that is happening there baluchistan etc it's a, it's a it's a mess Mm-hmm. put it mildly yeah you know even though you've held so many portfolios mam bar bar diplomacy pe hi aati hu because i when i my reporting days were when you were a diplomat so uh, what do you have to say to this uh, the recent fracas which is happening the india uh, canada um, uh, souring of relations uh, i'm going to you know you you did say when in one interview you said that those who condoned the 1985 kanishka bombing by khalistan terrorists continue to find sympathy sympathizers today who do you mean by sympathizers did you mean the canadian government did you mean the prime minister did you mean non state actors who do you think or where do you lay the blame on uh, you know with regard to the khalistani separatist movement in canada well i mean like two things about first of hmm. all i think uh, arindam my friend uh, who the spokesperson yeah for um, ministry he used to we, arindam and we were i worked together in new york when i was pr i think he did a press conference about 45 uh, questions he took or hmm. and he answered all the supplementary so i think the record is very clear hmm. some of these fake narrative manufacturing machine that we've got everywhere some will say india has not made it clear and india has made it abundantly clear i think my colleague and friend mr jayshankar has said so so many times bhai agar tumhare paas kuch hai to humse share karo hmm. but you just can't go on somewhere that i've never heard of something called credible allegation i mean it is an allegation if you got something else proof share it with us look i don't want to get into that sure. what is the cause that's the external affairs ministry and our foreign and security policy people's this thing and but i think increasingly by the day it's becoming clear that this has been from the canadian side very badly handled okay number 1 number 2 what is the crux that quote of mine that you are mentioning this is something i tweeted Yeah, you've been to the uh, Kanishka. No, I had gone to the war, uh, to the memorial, yeah. Kanishka memorial. I was a civil aviation minister. I, t- I think I'd gone for an ICAO conference, and I went there. So I that was a, you know, anniversary of that. What is happening in Punjab today? A lot of our drug, crime, other thing, is finding resonance there. Okay, mm. people go there. There are large communities, etc. This is not going to end well. Mm. I'm, I'm absolutely clear in my mind mm. that today, 
in an open democracy like India, hmm. first of all, I think it's outlandish to make those kind of allegations against it. I, I've been a, a professional diplomat. I've had yeah. experiences in countries like uh, uh, Sri Lanka, in, in other uh, UK, etc. I used to tell my friends in London also, look, you are allowing certain people to take advantage of the democratic freedoms that your society offers. Hmm. And then that democratic freedom is misused for other purposes. Okay. I think that realization will begin to dawn on them. But it doesn't seem to be, na, Hadeep Sahib. Give it a little time. Give Look it a, at what happened with uh, the Indian High Commissioner in Scotland. He couldn't even... No, no, I know, Vikram, I know Vikram very well. I spoke to him. Yeah. Vikram had actually gone at the invitation of the Gurdwara Committee. Correct, exactly. And then it's not the Gurdwara Committee which stopped him. No, it's Two random. goons came in from outside. Yeah. And, you know, today it's a great way to get publicity. I mean, get yourself on TV, sir, and shout this thing, etc., but understand what's happening. Who's most embarrassed? That Gurdwara Good committee one. is embarrassed. Yeah. They I mean, came out with a statement. Yeah. 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 And but I read the statement. Why is the SGPC so uh, so hesitant in condemning what happened? Because see, nobody yeah, I wants... don't want to comment on the SGPC. You'll have a full story on your hands after that. <laughs> Or okay, then what about the uh, the other gurdwaras? Uh, you know who are not willing to condemn it because nobody no, really no, no. wants. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The gurdwaras to come under radical elements. No, no. First of all, I think we also make a mistake when we turn around and say that X must condemn, Y must condemn. We don't need to do all that. Okay. The fact of the matter is, the Sikh community is not only nationalistic. Right. The Sikh community has sacrificed for the country. Total population of the Sikh community would be less than 2%. Yeah, 1.7. 1.7. Look at the number of uh, a percentage of gallantry awards that they get yeah. and what they've done. So I think it's very wrong to take any one community and say, okay, well, yeah, you prove you're not an ex or that. They're idiots. Huh. I mean, let's So it's a law and order problem. It's not, uh, it's not anything else, you're saying. No, 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 no. There's a, there's a, I mean, the best thing would happen is somebody told me that they're producing this uh, cuckoo land there. I'm calling it Cuckoo Land, you know what I mean. Yeah. And they will not allow any Hindus into there. They will not allow any Canadian whites into there. I said Cuckoo Land then will, uh, you know, submerge itself into um, higher forms of um, lunacy. Look, mm. they're very clear. To be patient about these things. And I commend the fact that on our side, we are exercising restraint. And you'll see they'll back off very quickly on this. Because mm. look at what is at stake here. Hmm. Sir, I uh, I remember uh, those very poignant visuals when you and your colleagues uh, you brought back that uh, you brought those three Granth Sahibs on your uh, from the Afghan your, from Afghan Saropas, yeah. in twenty twenty one. It it was very uh, it was very hard rendering. You know that humans and uh, the Saroops had to be rescued from Afghanistan at that stage. Um, the Taliban have further Im imposed more restrictions recently that uh, Hindus and Sikhs, rather all non-Muslims, should not display any religious symbol. They should dress as Muslims. How can we as Indians support uh, Hindus and Sikhs living so, in see, that country? I, I, I don't, again, because... Because, because you're this, a Sikh, sir. No, no, I'm not, I'll, I'll tell you... And you've been a diplomat and no, no, you're no, a minister. Yeah, but exactly, I would not want to... Uh, encroach on the turf of a colleague who deals with external affairs. So I won't talk about... Look, any society anywhere in the world, if it is bent on taking any dispensation, hmm. taking it back to medievalism or, you know, to, to those times, contrary, whether it's women's rights, whether it's religious freedoms, etc., leave them alone for a while. I mean, that would be my answer. As far as we are concerned, we've gone out of our way. 
the uh, uh, the holy uh, scriptures have we not only brought those back on a subsequent occasion um, nadda ji and i were there when yeah. others have come we've rendered all possible exist, uh, assistance to them hmm. but what is happening is that like these did you see those uh, that couple uh, of afghan origin sikh couple uh, which runs um, uh, urana very successful restaurant or number of restaurants in london how these um, you know um, uh, kukulan people went and uh, Uh, yeah. damaged their car they were they, they were recently yeah. in in delhi on something these are human stories we can reach out at a human level we can help and i must say full marks to the government of india and mm. to the honorable prime minister wherever sikhs have felt persecuted mm. we have always provided them plus take a listing of what the prime minister has done for the sikhs mm. i mean i'm talking about these used to be talking points earlier kartarpur sahib langa the corridor all the other things you know the tax on uh, langar you know the blacklist so it has been non stop action by the government in favor of all the the sikhs demanded hmm. it's not the sikhs per se you're dealing here with misguided people hmm. who will distort the narrative and take it in a particular area i mean if ask them somewhere have you worked out your sums you know punjab and the sikh community the sikh kingdoms rose from where we are talking from lahore down to delhi from you know shimla etc you know look at their own actions have reduced it to a um, you know a minuscule right you're talking about the various steps which have been taken now as a as a representative of that minuscule minority how do you feel uh, when uh, the foreign there is foreign media as well as these human rights groups who say that there is persecution religious discrimination uh, there is bigotry there is prejudice where? against minorities where? in india where in india where is the minority persecution i mean hold on let me let me take it let me take it step at a time okay let me give you one example the united christian forum and i'm quoting their report they say that in the first 212 days of this year uh 525 incidents of violence against christians have been reported from 23 states in just 8 months this is what they are saying and i'm not even getting into what the uh, the muslim forums are saying or what i'll tell you i'll tell you okay. something i'll tell you something. I don't know about the organization you are naming. Hmm. You're talking about a country of 1.4 billion people. Okay, I don't even know the x number of incidents which are being referred to or who did it. For every one instance that you can tell, you can get cite another ten in the other direction. It's a large democracy. It's a vocal democracy. If you talk about minority, this thing Sikhs are feeling persecuted in India when when they want looking for. admission or asylum seeking in countries where the persecution of a minority no you are in one sense also paying the price at the human rights level if you can show that you are a persecuted minority then you get it easier yeah i was born here i was brought up in india i have been posted and if we've not been posted or traveled with my parents i've been through all countries in the world i have seen sikhs in the lapaz valley doing agricultural work in um, bolivia i have seen indian communities in fiji i have seen them in the us and the uk this persecution nonsense talk i had this uh, canadian prime minister was accompanied by five sikh ministers when he came here so it was a hilarious uh, discussion at a lunch which pm hosted for uh, prime minister trudeau one of those ministers saying see how lucky i am when i was young i went to canada i became a minister so i couldn't hold back my sarcasm 
I said, listen, I applaud you. I'm so happy you went to Canada and became a minister. I said, by the way, I stayed back in India. I also became a minister. <laughs> now, this is absurdity. Now, what are we discussing? All the prime minister schemes, and Smitaji, I want to underline all the prime minister scheme, whether it is Ujwala, whether it is Ayushman Bharat. I was once sent to Meerut to hmm. hand out when the, oh, the Ayushman Bharat scheme, whereby a family can get 500,000 rupees, 505 lakhs a year, provisioning for medical tests, for medicines, operations, post operation care. You know, I was so, I found it so heartwarming that most of the people whom I had the privilege of handing those cards out to were from a minority community and not my minorities, you can guess. Look, today I see the figures on Ujwala, on Pradhan Mantri Avas Yudha. Is there any discrimination? I mean, you are Smita Prakash, all right? I just happen to know your family, okay? I think they're Punjabis. Nobody would guess that uh, what your father's name was, it was from yeah. the other. Has anybody ever held anything against you? No. I'm a Sikh. Mm. I have two daughters. One is married to a Tambram. Mm. One is married uh, to, a, to, a, to a foreigner. But Indian culture, they all, I mean, I was, I was with one of my, when my younger daughter got married, um, and the prime minister was very gracious, he came there. And believe me, this was not rehearsed. Mm. I didn't know the prime minister was coming. We had issued an invitation. He not only came, as he came, my younger daughter, who studied abroad, she went and touched uh, uh, his feet. Hmm. So he was, he was a little taken aback. But didn't stop there. My son-in-law, he also stopped and touched her. Then I saw PM's slight smile on his face. He said, he told uh, my younger daughter, So the point is, look, you're a great civilization. Hmm. This civilization has drawn strength from the fact that we've all coexisted. People from the north, from the south, they've intermarried. Mm. I mean, people get surprised when they find out that my wife actually um, uh, reads Gurmukhi and I don't. And she's a South Indian. Yeah. I mean, it's rubbish. So... And she's a diplomat too. So for viewers and listeners who don't know that, uh, Lakshmi Puriji, who's a diplomat by her own right and has a phenomenal career too and married to Hardeep ji. So next I think we, uh, we I'm should I'm always known as either as somebody who's married to like, Lakshmi or I'm known as the father of my father, children. I'm yeah. very happy with that. Look, okay. I'm saying this is all nonsense uh. about persecution of minorities. If there was such a persecution, this is a Christian organization. Right. Ask them how many people they've converted in Punjab. So look, there is something called motivated, and I come back, semi-literate kind of criticism which comes. Confront them with facts. Hmm. I have never, no minority community is this thing. And, you know, our policies of from Sarvodhya to Antyodhya take the fruits of development to the farthest point. And yeah. that is what Modiji's India is, 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 is all about. Last man standing. Right. Sir, uh, you were talking about various projects. I must ask you about this Swanidhi scheme, you know, uh, helping the street hawkers, street vendors. You were involved in that scheme too. So could you just tell me? I'm not involved. I was a very proud participant. Proud. Look, uh, right. I remember during the pandemic, PM one day was very emotional. That whilst those people who are working in agriculture... You know, they are working off the land with or without the contagion, without the virus spreading, etc. They were still working. They could have something. People who worked in government would pay, get paid their salaries. Someone who was working in the private sector 
maybe hmm. didn't get their salaries or got laid off. But there was one section of people he was very emotional about was the people who you and I call ready patri wale or the street vendor. You know, they're very different from the others because the others can go to a bank and get a loan. Here are these people who take loans at exorbitant rates from money lenders. Then they have to ply their daily hmm. wares and then hmm. go and return the money, taking interest at 18%. So he saw how vulnerable they were and hmm. we were instructed to draw hmm. up a scheme. Hmm. I'm very happy today. Now we have the benefits of this scheme. Uh, scheme have reached out to more than 50 lakh street vendors. Even though COVID is over, that continues. No, COVID has got nothing to do with it. Now, this has become a brilliant scheme for hmm. microfinance inclusion. You know, one guy got the Nobel Prize for it, uh, Muhammad Yunus of Bangladesh. Yeah, correct, correct. But this is the real scheme, which is which we have done. No, it's it's a very novel scheme. Two, there are two aspects to it which I bear, which bear underlining. One, you take the individuals concerned who are earlier part of an informal economy. You onboard them. You bring them into the formal economy. You take all their data. You give them a loan of ten thousand rupees. Without a collateral, by the way. All these loans are without collateral. If he pays it back, he can go back for another loan of 20,000. Pays that back, he can go for the third loan of 50,000. And he or she will also become entitled to the benefic becoming beneficiaries of all the other Pradhan Mantri Yojanas. Oh. So, it's a remarkable thing. Uh, by the way, by sheer coincidence, um, uh, you know, somebody asked me, which is your constituency? I said, my favorite constituency is the... Um, uh, Swanidhi beneficiaries. I had Arvind Singh with his colleagues there. And uh, we, we've, I mean, thanks to the Prime Minister's scheme, I've got to know these people very well. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the things are happening. Street vendors' business has come of age. Swiggy and Zamato are uh, uh, tying up with them. So if you one day want to eat a particular kind of chart or oh. uh, this thing which is available in um, South Delhi or in Chandni Chowk, it'll be organized. Okay, they're part of that app and base. They're part service. of that app and it's working beautifully. Amazing. Uh, so I'm going to come to the, your other portfolio, the smart cities, the urban uh, portfolio. The the smart cities mission. It was launched in 2015, 2017. Uh, you uh, are made in charge. What were the objectives then? Where are we today? How many smart cities and um, how many will be there by 2024? By the end, all of hundred, all hundred by hmm. June 2024. Mm -hmm. The core of the smart city is something called an integrated command and control center. You are using technology to upgrade mm. civic amenities, mm. electricity, water, traffic. So what has happened is that uh, if you go typically into a smart city control and command center, it's like the NASA, there's all these screens, etc. I once went in Madhya Pradesh with the, the chief minister of Madhya Pradesh and he's used got onto a mic like this and said, I am Mantri Shivraj And khadak, throughout the city, you know, it's all connected. Speakers, okay. Speakers came up. Look, it's one of the fastest implemented projects in the world. I don't have the exact figures, but I think I do, since I am always... Um, this wasn't rehearsed, just in case no, no, anybody just, have been turned around and said, you have asked None of this has been provided. No, no, I, He's I come just, armed with facts and figures. I have, I have these, all the other facts and figures I've reeled off till now yeah. were off my mind, but I wanted the exact figure I have. Yeah. The total scheme is 2,5,000 crores. Okay. I don't know, but I'll give you, yeah. Cities, 100, total outlay, I sold you 2,5,000 2 crores. I was okay. Okay. 
total work orders issued 1.7 lakh 1 lakh crores across 7934 projects completed 6069 projects worth 1 lakh 10795 crores under implementation 1865 projects with 60250 crores look the bulk of it has been done date of completion will be june 24 In other words, you would have a total expenditure of two lakh crores. You know, two lakh crores is a lot of money hmm. in hundred places. So this metro and all comes under no, that. No, no, metro no. separate. Metro That's separate. separate. Metro separate. These are just hundred cities. Ninety of them are area-based development, like New Delhi Municipal Corporation. Okay. Ten of them are what is called um, greenfield projects, like Naya Raipur, etc. Okay. See, when we were drafting the party manifesto in. Uh, 2014 those of us who were in charge i was not i was not part of the exercise directly hmm. i was indirectly supplying through arun ji at that time hmm. we had decided then that we use language like we will build 100 new smart city we didn't know what it meant when we got down to it there was no global experience on what a smart city it takes time to set up um, um, you know um, a special purpose vehicle hmm. to get people and where we discovered that you can't have 100 new smart cities your existing cities needed uh, upgradation upgradation mm. and smartification mm. so we did that so what happened is and uh, 90 of them are this thing and we didn't select the cities mm. smita ji what happened we asked cities to come up with projects so there was a oh. capital city mein har state mein ek ha some in the northeast some places and then 100 cities were so selected but they were not selected in one go the first lot the scheme started in june 2015 first lot of cities was announced in january 2016 and the last lot was announced in 2018 hmm. so because of covid etc so many okay. are complete some are remaining to be complete but there are still huge issues like waste management no no wait a minute these are separate congestion. no 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 those are, those, those are real problems no 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 they are not they are problem but they have got nothing to do with smart cities smart cities smart cities shouldn't have those no, problems no no hold on no? in the smart city there is no problem but smart city is not the whole city na So oh. what you need to do is to take that and smartify the rest. So now we are going much further in the next scheme, which will come. Whether it will be digital, we are still talking about it. And now, of course, you are talking about smart villages, smart uh, districts, etc. It's a separate. These are hundred ninety are designated areas, area based development around there. By the way, waste management. So, wow, how do you picking up? So you will pick up only those areas which can be done. No, 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 not no, must no, be no, done. No, no. coming let's you're mixing up smart cities is one thing waste management i'll tell you in 2014 pollution waste management no, no, water I'm, health facilities no, so let me take each one of them separately okay very simple in 2014 of all the kachra that we produced waste only 14% was processed in other words if you produce 100 tons of waste 76 tons or what 86 tons would go into that uh, gazipur fill yeah today 76% is being uh, processed in other words in the next 2 years 100% will be processed and the big mounds that we have gazipur they will be bioremediated in the next 2 uh, uh, years 
That is the issue. So I can give you separately so on. So is this part of the uh, smart city? No, no, these city? are very no. separate. These separate. Are very separate. Okay. Very separate. Okay. You know, we were talking about uh, you being from the minority community, found your way into uh, into the civil service. Before that, I appeared that, in an exam. Yeah, I before, didn't find my way in. Before yeah, I that, appeared I appeared in had, an exam. Uh, before that, you were in Hindu college. Yeah. Go on to teaching in Stephens. Yeah. So those of those people who don't know about Hindu and Stephens, why did you go to teach in St. Stephens? Where they gave me a job, Hindu? yeah. Simple. No, I stood first in the university. You know the rivalry, right? No, but rivalry. Me, what? I appeared in an interview, and uh, the the guys in Hindu college probably they didn't like my whatever. There's not. There was no. I was a student of modern Indian history, huh. and there was a teaching job in Saint Stephen's College. It came. The fact that I belong to Hindu college and is to debate against them, they didn't hold against me. They didn't. You know, so they gave so me a job. It huh. was uh, which place was nicer? Tell me, Hindu or. Uh, or the no, no, obviously the I college I, spent, I know you're from Hindu college no, <laughs> no I'm not I'm not neither of them no no but I'll tell you something no I thought all bright people are from Hindu ha, college look at that you know, I thought no I had Amitabh Kant who's a very good friend he says you know he's a great guy but only probably went to the wrong college ha. so look let's be very clear Hindu college has got history it has tradition Mahatma Gandhi came and lectured there I'm talking Hindu college is a very old college also by the way hmm. it's one of the earliest colleges of Delhi actually they're both Top class institution, so let's sure. not BS yeah. here. Okay. I mean, it's a why great the privilege. civil service then? Like, I'll ask you, and why lower the... middle class uh, citizen or Usamek Nokriya Thika? I wanted to be a lawyer. My father made it very clear hmm. that uh, he couldn't afford uh, having a briefless uh, lawyer uh, at home. Hmm. Uh, but in in retrospect, I don't regret it at all. Okay, don't get it wrong. first class, जो सेकंड क्लास आते थे वो इधर-उधर चले जाते थे जिनकी थर्ड डिवीजन आती थी वो लॉयर बनते थे और आज मैं उनका नाम नहीं लेना चाहता हूं बहुत बड़े लॉयर बन गए हैं ओके सो नाउ व्हाई डिड यू डिसाइड टू जॉइन पॉलिटिक्स टेल मी व्हेन व्हेन यू आई डिडंट डिसाइड टू जॉइन पॉलिटिक्स आई वाज ऑलवेज इन पॉलिटिक्स व्हेन आई वाज इन कॉलेज अरे कम व्हेन आई वाज इन कॉलेज आई वाज पार्ट ऑफ द विद्यार्थी परिषद आई एम नॉट क्लेमिंग दैट दिस थिंग दे क्लेम व्हेन आई वन द इलेक्शन ऑफ द स्टूडेंट्स बॉडी इन हिंदू कॉलेज आई एबीवीपी सेड ये हमारा है so i have i have been around with these people lot of people who are in authority one minister senior minister asked me hum suna karte the jab aap foreign service mein the hamare log aapke yahan raya karte the aap inko sabko kab se jante hain to i said ki aisa hai ki mera to sambandh bahut gehra aur bura purana hai kab se then i told him 1971 or 1970 yeah 1971 i was college i won an election and the abvp said I was their candidate. He said, "I was not born then." So my my association is that old. So it was a natural progression. It's to not politics. a natural progression. It never happens like that. Huh. When I was um, in New York, when I was in New York, no, in between, I want to admit to you, sometime around 2008 or so, when I was posted in Delhi, I was Secretary Economic Relations. I wanted to, you know, chuck it up and join politics, and a lot of people discouraged me. Whatever it is. It hmm. didn't happen. Hmm. When I came back, I retired in 2013. I came back. I was ready to fight an election in 2014. They didn't give me a ticket. They thought uh, it would. Then later on, when I was, I, I had a lot of things to do in New York. I was in an international think tank. Later on, one day I got a summons from PM uh, once asking me when I would be available. I told him I joined chairman as chairman of RI. As the rest is history. Right. Uh, I have to ask you this before I let you go. You worked with so many prime ministers, you know, in various capacities. Tell me, uh, who did you feel uh, that this man really—he's a prime minister? You know, did it at any point of time? Did you feel that he was not representing the country properly? Or it'll be unfair for me to ask you that. 
I think it's unfair. Okay. I think it's unfair. Hmm. I have worked, well, worked in the sense what? I mean, I can't say when I was an undersecretary when Indira Ji was the prime minister. I can't say I worked with her. It's wrong. Huh. But Narasimha Rao, I was around, very astute, very astute. Yeah. But foreign... Uh, no, no, he, he was a foreign minister, right? Yeah. He was a foreign minister. Yeah. And uh, I've known Narasimha Rao because, you know, when he was uh, chief minister of Andhra and my father-in-law was a um, uh, law secretary in Delhi, they were very close friends. Right. And... Um, he was sharp on the uptake as far as foreign policy is concerned? Very, very, very sharp. No, and no, with no, Dr. No. Manmohan Singh too and Atal Bihari no, no, Vajpayee no, no, also. No, no, Vajpayee, we had a very different relationship. Correct. So, I mean, it was I've a very different that. relationship with Vajpayee, I mean... I don't think he took us very seriously because he's seen us grow up, etc. Mm. No, but all of them had sterling qualities. But mm. I can say one thing. The perceptions were very different. Mm. I mean, in, in Vajpayee Ji and even in Narasimha Rao's time, you know, they were staunch on, mm. you know, on the nationalism uh, front. Yeah. But you know, you were you were representing India at a time when India was not as powerful as it is today. Like diplomats, I'm thinking uh, today when they represent India, it's an easier task for it's them. It's an huh? easier task when they speak on behalf of India. No, yeah, I, I people listen, right? No, but I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. In fairness, in fairness, we've had a tradition of people outside speaking with this thing. I'll tell you, I have an example. I was PR in New York, hmm. and Advani ji came, hmm. and on one particular issue, the then government. Hmm. Okay, which was a non-BJP government. Hmm. Dr. Manmohan Singh was the president. And Advani ji and the BJP had a very different position. Uh -huh. They had a very different position. Yeah. So my very uh, energetic deputy who happened to be my cousin, Manjeev came running to me, kya hoga? I kya hoga, yaar? I wasn't bothered at all. I kuch bhi nahi hoga. Hum chuchu kyun kar rahe ho? No, he, was, he was my cousin, huh. Manjeev. But he was in Nepal, right? No, no, he was in Nepal later, but he was my deputy in New York. Oh, I see. He was okay. also ambassador, but deputy, huh? huh. huh. So I said, I have no problem. There's no issue involved, etc. This was Gulf War period. No, no. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's, 26 it's, 11. No, 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 no. This was 2012, uh, end of 2012. Huh. It was during the GM. Okay. Huh. Huh. And I was told something and I think Kamalaji was not well also. So uh, Lakshmi invited them to stay with us. They stayed hmm. with us. Hmm. So staying with us. So I... I knew. I mean, I've known Advani ji again like Vajpayee ji. I mean, from the time mm. when I was a student in Delhi University and between Ashok Saikya and me, uh, we had to decide which one will get the three-wheeler at night or who will go and buy the tickets in delight. So I go back with them at that, that time. Okay. And one day and at home before Advani ji was to speak on the subject, I said, Advani ji, you appointment speech so I immediately turned around and said, then he, he realized that I was going to be uncomfortable if he had given the party line there. But there was a staunch nationalist. So he said, very clear signal that... Uh, so I told Manjeev, I called him in two minutes. I said, Banwala, he speech. He brought the speech. He had the speech ready all the line. I showed it to Advani ji. He looked at it. He said, yeah, okay. End of the story. Amazing. I mean, it's not what this guy does now. Our young, uh, dynamic leader. Jab Dilli se, uh, he steps out of the country, he starts buried. We have never had this tradition. When we are outside the country, we speak for the country. Yeah. And if we have differences, and if you find them irreconcilable, maybe you nuance them a bit, but you don't run your country down. As a diplomat, does it really bother you? Uh, I, again, I, I've got such a thick skin, I get bothered about nothing. <laughs> I, I have a, my, my young colleagues will tell you that I turn around and say, Ki, yaar, kiya. he's made a fool of himself again. 
इसकी क्रेडिबिलिटी और नीचे जाएगी बट इट्स नॉट जस्ट हिम राइट द इंटायर इंडिया अलायंस इज नॉट ऑन बोर्ड वेन इट कम्स टू द मोदी वॉट इंडिया अलायंस आर वी टॉकिंग अबाउट टूडे टूडे बिकॉज ऑफ समथिंग पंजाब में दे आर सेलिब्रेटिंग द कांग्रेस पार्टी एंड द डेली में कांग्रेस पार्टी बिकॉज वन चांस ऑफ of uh, one segment of the india alliance was an arm congress party uh, alliance in delhi and punjab okay you look at west bengal mamta is going to be doing business with cpim and congress kya bol rahe hain hum log to ye chalne do isko ab chalne do thodi der ye wo kya kehte hai i full stop n full stop d full stop i full stop a ghamandia alliance anyway last question 2024 aap election ladenge nahi nahi main to already i am a member of the rajya sabha but i have got 3 years to go yaar you don't want to give the, you don't no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold because on. you know why sir i want to ask you about punjab i visited punjab i was there in amritsar uh, for 3 4 days and i saw for myself the situation out there the youngsters out there there's literally canada jana hai australia jana hai ja, everybody from your uber driver to everybody feeling you know why? left you know, out you know why you know why and it's a, it's i did a i did study by the way last time in punjab i spoke to people if you are barely educated and you do that ielts or whatever yeah. angrezi thodi si bol then you go to canada as truck driver get a lot of money if you are bama bed etc then you get let less money so this is a, this is a in some ways the low skilled manpower of canada is being met through this how much more short sighted can we become but i can make a prediction today i mean I may not be around, but you are still very young. This pro- process of people wanting to go out will reverse. Hmm. Already, doctors going abroad hmm. are coming back hmm. because India is growing today. India is a land of opportunity. Why would anybody want to leave India? I know Punjab is a specific case because we have not been able. We means I mean collectively as a political caste. Certainly, the BJP is not responsible for this. The drug menace. Hmm. A lot of people that. terrible nexus between yeah. the police and the drug mafias etc do you think a drug menace can grow when you've got synthetic drug factories inside and you've got people coming and saying hum nasha se mukti dilwa denge in all that colorful language which goes with it where where is the effort so punjab we've lost an entire generation hmm. is something that we all have to be lament collectively and individually but things will improve things will improve and the pace at which other parties people are coming towards the bjp because the bjp is the only one which has the value system on a correct basis hmm. i mean you are at least grounded in national security india first etc and it's a sensitive border state i have no doubt that what you are saying is absolutely correct yeah. but this going abroad fetish i whenever i go to amritsar or punjab i go very often i always tell them are you sure what they are doing this sir so we are finding out we are finding yeah. out yeah So uh, you confident 2024 BJP returns to power? Confident. Are I've got all the elections right so far. 2014 I predicted. 2019 I predicted. We will be at least 10 percent, if not higher than our 2019 result. Well, on that note, thank you so thank much, you sir, for much. sparing the time thank and you. coming to the podcast. Thank you. thank you for watching or listening to this edition of ANI Podcast with Smita Prakash. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste, Jai Hind.